Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is seven minutes after three o'clock at 610 WTVN. John Corby with Joe Bradley, and it is the Big Monday Show. Of course, we've got a lot of election stuff today. And uh, apparently some questionable activity outside a polling station here in Ohio. And uh, Hillary has canceled a fireworks show scheduled for New York City if um, she were to win the presidency. And uh, half of uh, Florida voters have already cast ballots in uh, that early voting state. So uh, that's where we're at. Plus, uh, if you're a candidate for uh, any office, it doesn't matter how high, how low, um, you know, township trustees on up, uh, be ready to call in the show. We'll give you the uh, give you the word here in a in a bit and uh, you can plug away Uh, and uh, enjoy doing that every year and hearing from the people who are uh, running for office and. Former Buckeye quarterback Stanley Jackson is in the house. And uh, Stan, how are you, John? I'm great. I just I don't know if we can talk Buckeye football today after all that you just laid out the important date tomorrow. Yeah, big day tomorrow. It's huge. Yeah, did I you, already I already voted, so I'm you, done. Yeah. Did, did you go to the concert in Cleveland? Uh, no, I didn't make it to the concert in Cleveland. The, oh, some great language up there in that concert in Cleveland. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. uh, Jay-Z didn't censor any of the songs, so I guess it's okay, though, because they're trying to get votes. Trying to get votes, yeah. Uh, LeBron James showed up for that, too. I can imagine that. I can see that. Yeah, so, yeah, bringing out the big guns and uh, trying to draw a crowd, I think, is is one of her problems here lately. It's been a huge problem for her. And uh, so, you know, if you want to get the millennials, you get the rap artist and the pop star out and the basketball player and... And you hope it translates. I, I'm not sure it does. I heard that a lot of people were leaving after the concert was done when she was ready to give her speech. She should have gave her speech first. Oh, they, did, they didn't do her speech until after? Until after. Oh, so they just said, okay, we've seen the show. We're out of here. <laughs> we're out of here. Is that right? Yeah. That's, bad, also, that's also bad timing heard, on her part. I also heard that they paid Jay-Z and Beyonce a huge sum. I, th- I don't know if that's true. Uh, it's not coming from 610, folks. It's coming from Stan Jackson. Right. I read an article. Sometimes you can't trust every article you read. I'm going to huh. do a little research, but I heard they paid them a hefty sum to do that concert. Wow. That's, so. uh, I, I figured they just did it because they were supporters. No, nobody does anything for free anymore, John. You know that. Well, that's pretty true. That's pretty true. <laughs> it is. Well, the Buckeyes, uh, 62 to 3, uh, not a whole lot uh, you can criticize about that performance, I wouldn't think, Stan. Refreshing. Right, I mean, yeah. it was refreshing. We probably won't get many calls today because you know how it goes around here when yeah. the Buckeyes play well. But right. but we've been waiting for that explosion. I, I think you know, going back, it seemed like the offense had taken off the last two football games: twenty-one at Penn State, twenty-four against Northwestern. 
So to see that explosion against a top ten team, I, I thought was significant. It's the most points we've ever beat a top ten team by, and uh, and even if Tommy would have stayed healthy, I don't think he would have made a difference in the second half. So yeah, probably not. But our defense has been playing this well all year long. Yeah. They they really have. But I think this is probably the best they've played. Nebraska has scored points on everybody, including Wisconsin, where nobody other than the Buckeyes have scored points on. So shutting them down, holding them three points was amazing. Well, also the uh, two um, pick sixes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Damon Webb, who, uh, you know, he is uh, he actually in my fraternity. So I was excited oh, was right? to see him do that. But that was his first pick six. And then this Malik Hooker kid. I mean. He's a player. He has a knack for the football. So he didn't initiate the interception. It was a tip drill. He had great awareness to find the ball. The way he gets into the end zone. Remember, there was kind of a questionable call a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And and he would have had another interception return for a touchdown. I mean, every time he touches it, when he's on his feet, he's a threat to take it in. I, he might be able to play a little offense. We might have yeah. our own Jabril Peppers that we might have to consider throwing on the offensive side. The difference is... Unlike Michigan, we got a lot of talent on offense, so we don't need our defense guys there. That was a little dig. It was. Yeah, okay. I just I just wondering. <laughs> just wondering. Slight dig. Uh, Stan Jackson's in. We're talking uh, Ohio State Big Ten football. And if you've got a question or comment, 821-WTVN, 1-800-610-WTVN. Uh, JT Barrett, another strong game. And it, do you think the receivers, the young receivers, are, are starting to get a handle on how to get space? And separation, yeah. or or was the defense just screwing screwing with them the last three games? Nebraska's defense has been pretty good too. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it all starts at the beginning of the game, right? So, really, all year long, we had struggled on that first drive, mm-hmm. and and we came out. I thought very aggressive, getting the ball to our best playmaker. Right, we hand the ball off bright and early to Curtis Samuel, then we threw him the football, and I, I think that early success is infectious. Okay. But the reality is I thought JT was a lot sharper Saturday than he had been all season long. Because he he threw one. It was a third down completion where a kid ran a corner route. And a corner route is if you run up about 12 yards straight and then you go to the sideline on a 45-degree angle. Mm -hmm. That's a corner route for, I know you know, but our listeners, I'm just one-on-one. No, that's fine. It's been a a while since I ran one. But there there was a defender there on top and a defender below. So that ball has to be placed in a narrow window. And if you remember, because they kept showing on highlights, the defender was really close, but it was a tight spiral mm-hmm. in the smallest of windows, and it was a very accurate throw where the receiver caught it and continued to run. It was Curtis Samuel. That's the difference. A few weeks ago, we didn't get that. We got balls a little bit behind, maybe a little low, or maybe that defender got the hand on it. So it, it, he was very, very sharp. I think. And then the deep ball. We finally got mm-hmm. the deep ball oh, over yeah. the top. So, so everything we wanted was available. And then our run game got gone early. So I, I just, it's college football is very similar in the way to the NFL, where every week is different. And it's right, week to week. Right. You see some of these teams, like, right? Nebraska last week against, uh, you know, you watch them play Wisconsin, you thought, woof, we got our hands full. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then this week, we show up and we're the buzzsaw. And if we play like this the remainder of the season, I promise you, we will come back with all the hardware, including Alabama. Well, it's kind of like it's, uh, well, there was a, a story in. Uh, USA Today on the front page of their sports about Ohio State and about the win over Nebraska. And they said it looked very similar to the way Ohio State played in 2014. That in November. I would agree. Just turning, uh, got on a different a different gear. But but I think that was even more dominant. I mean, we were, we were good against uh, Minnesota and Michigan State on the road in yeah. that month. Yeah. But that was the 10th ranked team in the country. Yeah. They only scored three points. 
that's significant. That's significant. And if you're watching the top four teams out there, there's only one team that I think can score points consistently. Even though Michigan is putting up a lot of points, I still have a question mark about their run game. Uh, Alabama can't throw the ball. If you watch them against, they scored 10 points against LSU. Wisconsin did yeah. better than that. We know their offense is average. Right. Washington, on the other hand, they can score points. They consistently score points. So so we're right there. We're, we're right in the mix, and uh, we're, we're perfectly placed to shock the world again, John. Yeah, the um, yeah you were talking about A and M uh, lost to uh, Mississippi State. They, they just wanted to thank the committee. <laughs> yeah, for for putting them forth and go out with a great effort in that football game. It's just it's terrible. I, listen, I said this to uh, a couple guys in Chicago at the Big Ten Network. I said it to Matt and I, I'm not sure how good the Southeastern Conference is. They, I know they've got one really good team, but mm-hmm. after that, I, I don't know if anybody is really that good. I don't. Because if you're the fourth best team in the country and the only game you lost to was a tough one to Alabama and then you lay an egg to a, an average team at best, yeah, how good are you really? I mean, wh- watching that LSU-Alabama game, mm-hmm. you all know, the talk about all oh, the slow Big Ten, the poor offense. How about that snoozer? Yeah. And it wasn't like it was great defense. There no. was, it wasn't great defense. It was great run defense. But I see wide receivers running wide open and these kids can't hit them. They can't make the throws. So... Yeah, every week is different. I mean, who else? Somebody else lost this week, too, top 10. Um, that's why teams are moving up. But, yeah, it's a, every week somebody's getting knocked off because you can't be consistent every week. Yeah, and uh, so Texas A&M will probably be out of the top four. Oh, yeah. I would imagine. They, they probably be out you of the top ten. think they'll probably move Washington up, do you think? I think. That- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a great argument for Washington or Ohio State. I would say that. The obvious choice would be just to move the two teams up. Ohio State would be fifth, and Washington would be there. But when you beat the 10th-ranked team as bad as we did, I yeah. mean, that's significant. Now, now Washington put it on Arizona State, or Arizona. Yeah. But Arizona wasn't the 10th-ranked team in the country. No. Right? And so I think there's an argument to see Ohio State jump. I don't think it'll happen. I think you'll see Washington there. And they probably deserve they, they deserve to be there last week. But if you look at the AP poll, Louisville jumped Ohio State. Did they really? In the AP poll, absolutely. They jumped the Buckeyes. Based on what? I don't know. So, who knows? Let's wait to see what the committee does. The one thing the committee says is this, which is different from the AP poll, which is different from the coaches poll. Every week they start brand new. So, so technically, you can see a team go from 15 to 5. Okay. Because they start new every week, and it's based on what you do. So, look out, Penn State. Look out, Penn State. Yeah. Marching themselves. They'll be in the top 10 this week. Well, they won five straight for the first time in, in five years, I and, think, since 2011. And they're waxing people. Yeah, they're they not, are. They by far have the best win all year in college football. By far. They knocked off the number two team in the country. You know, that's mm-hmm. the best win of anybody so far this year. And then they follow that up with two back-to-back blowouts. They're in Penn State, they were 12th last week. They'll be top eight this week. Yeah, you're, mm-hmm. I think you're right. Rick, hi. What's up? Hi, John, uh, and Dan, good to, good to hear you today. Um, 
saying, just want to know as a former quarterback, uh, even though JT had a great game uh, Saturday, you missed a couple of wide open guys. I mean, is that just adrenaline taking over, or, or, or what? Because that's you know, there's a touchdown Weber out on the uh, out on the flat there, and he's nobody within ten yards of him. So, uh, what's uh, what's the deal there? He's missing some wide open throws. Yeah, I think that's just a part of it, right? I mean, you just want to hit more than you miss. So that's why, you know, Walt Harris wanted us to throw for 80%. And I remember when he first put that on the board, we all, me, Tom Hoying, Bob Hoying, we looked at each other like, 80%? What's this dude drinking? Mm-hmm. Right? But that that was the goal he wanted. Now, sometimes you got there, but most times you don't. Nobody hits 100%. You, you just want to hit the wide open ones. And, and here's the reality. When they're wide open, John, is when it's toughest. Oh, is it really? Oh, Yeah. When they're wide open and no one's around, you just tell yourself, don't miss this daggone throw. Yeah. Those are the tough ones. It's those tight windows that get easy because you don't think. You just react because you got to get it in there. So, no, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. I I do look at his mechanics, and and typically whenever he misses a throw, there's something mechanically like every other quarterback in the country, but you're not going to hit every throw. So I'm good with his performance on Saturday. Yeah, and, uh, you know, getting Curtis Samuels, uh, that uh, 75-yard touchdown was uh, pretty. This kid is special. He he is special. I mean, I, having this discussion about who's the best players in the country, why is nobody talking about Curtis Samuel for Heisman? He's the only kid in the country with 500 rushing yards and 500 passing yards coming into last week's game. Yeah. All right? He had a monster game, again, over 100 receiving yards. Think about 45 rushing yards. I mean, th- there's nobody else in the country that's doing what he's doing on offense right now, running, running back and receiver. Because if he was the primary running back, he, he would probably be over 1,000 yards already. Sure. So, so why aren't they talking about him? One lost team. It's the most dynamic player on the offense for the Heisman. I mean, keep hearing all this talk about Jabril Peppers. Now, Jabril is a football player. He's special. But his numbers don't stack up. So I think if Curtis Samuel continues to do, if he can have another game like this against Maryland, mm-hmm. Michigan State, and then go on to Michigan with a monster game, he, he has to be considered for the Heisman. Because, you know, if you have 900 yards receiving, 900 yards rushing, no nobody's doing that. That, that, that's nobody does that, and uh, he's a special football player. But Caffrey got into to the Heisman last year doing that. The only difference was he had re- kick returns, right? Well, you notice he was back on punt returns after Don Trey dropped that ball. Mm-hmm. So Curtis has a chance, I think, to get in a discussion. He's just he's a special player. You watch him run routes. I mean, making the transition for he was a full time running back in high school. We switched him to an H his second year, and watching him now in his third year here, his second year as a wide receiver, run routes. He runs routes as good as anybody we have, and then he's that mix up guy in the backfield because you can hand it to him and he's going to go for seventy yards. And then when you do split him out, you get the matchups you want, John. You mm-hmm. get safeties and linebackers covering him, and uh, and that's a problem for any safety or any linebacker in the country. All right, Stan Jackson, we're talking uh, Ohio State football. If you've got a question or comment, hop on the line. One available, 821-WTVN, 1-800-610-WTVN. Buckeyes, 62-3 win over, at the time, number nine, Nebraska. I don't think uh, anybody saw that coming. We were talking on Friday about, uh, you know, they were uh, favored by 17 and about how that (laughs) sounded like a a big number, and uh, it wasn't nearly enough. No, it wasn't. Listen, if this team comes out and plays every game the way they did on Saturday, there's not a team in the country that can beat us. There was a sense of urgency there for the first time, I think, all year. Yeah. Or at least maybe going back to to the game out in Oklahoma. I mean, 
the way we were flying around on defense, the way we got after them early, obviously the two pick sixes that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. But then on the offensive end, I, just, I saw an extra edge, it seemed like, from the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They gave JT all day to throw. I mean, there were times where JT went through, and, and uh, ESPN did a good job of showing this, how it had that back angle. And they, they showed JT Barrett go through his progression. And he started to the left, and you can see his eyes come down. So top left, bottom left, middle, all the way to the right before he pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. And and that's what a quarterback should do. You work, you know, either from left to right or top to bottom through your progression. And uh, and but in order to do that, those guys up front have to block. Yeah, you have to have time. And and he didn't have to move at all. And then on top of it, when he does have to move because there is a breakdown, he can do it well. He was sharp and accurate. Receivers were running great routes. Mike Weber looked good. Um, and this is a good football team that that seems to be back on track now. And and mm-hmm. as I mentioned in our last segment, every week is different. Right. But this was a good week for Ohio State, uh, playing at night, showing the country that, look, wait a second. You're talking a little out of the side of your mouth right now. The Buckeyes still have the best talent in the country, and we're going to prove it. And they did it against a, a good football team in Nebraska. Yeah. Stan Jackson here. We're talking football. Take your calls and uh, get into the Big Ten a little bit more. Coming up, News Radio 610 WTV. Former Ohio State uh, quarterback and captain Stan Jackson. And we're talking Ohio State and uh, Big Ten football, 62-3. to uh, the final, quite a game over the um, over the weekend. If you've got any comments or questions, eight two one WTVN one eight hundred six ten WTVN. And uh, Tracy, what's up? Hey guys, hey. Um, I just got a comment about getting plays in on time. When Barrett's over, looking at the sideline, rolling his fingers, like, "Come on, let's get a play in." How does that work with the coaches up in the booth? Do they have plays lined up, or how, why is it taking so long? Well, I think there's a number of reasons why it takes so long, but but I think your point is well taken. It shouldn't take that long they, because everything is done on purpose, and uh, especially how we run offense, right? You know, we get lined up, and then we'll fake the snap, then everybody looks to the sideline to see if the defense is what we want or if we want to check it. So we've okay. got to get the call in with at least 15 seconds so JT can call it and get guys lined up. So there's a number of things that happen. Sometimes when you have two guys calling plays, maybe they don't agree on a play that should be called. So they, there may be some discussion back and forth. So I would always look at the down and distance. I don't remember that particular instance that you're talking about. But down and distance is probably pretty important there. Um, where you are in the field, did we just get into the red zone? Mm-hmm. Are we coming out? Is it third and long? And now maybe there's a question with the two play callers. If there was one play caller, you normally didn't get that. Uh, the other thing is, you know, sometimes there's some guys, the other coaches, whether it's Coach Meyer, the running back coach, the receivers coach, Zach Smith, saying, hey, got to get my guy the ball. There's... So typically it's a discussion that's going on that, that takes a moment for the play to get in. Uh, they have play boards where every play they have that they've worked on all week is in that board. Okay. And then the last thing that could extend it is maybe they see something that they've got a play that's in the playbook and we didn't practice all week. Okay. And and they've got to figure out what formation, what, play, what personnel, and whether or not they should run it or not. So – so sometimes it does take a little longer, but you do want to have that play in it with no less than 13 seconds on the clock. Yeah. Thanks. All right, Tracy. Appreciate it. Um, we talked about, uh, oh, we actually didn't talk about Tommy. We mentioned Tommy Armstrong. He left a 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Game, he was uh, apparently knocked out cold and... Um, you uh, were saying uh, during the break that you really don't like the protocol. I don't like that. Two things I don't. I don't like the camera being all over them, and I don't like the protocol. A lot of a lot of teams now go to this tent on the sideline. Yeah. You see that? I've seen that. So the camera isn't there gawking because, you know, what happens is a lot of speculation. Right? Matt was just telling us that Co- even Coach Meyer was wondering, like, is the kid all right? You're cutting his jersey off. You're cutting his face mask off. He's not moving. Now everybody is on edge. His teammates, his parents. We saw his fiance and his dad mm-hmm. down there. She's she's standing right next to it and and crying. When the reality is that he just got knocked out. Right. He was talking and moving, but nobody knew that because the protocol is to tell the player not to move, cut all his stuff off, put the neck brace on, put the back brace in. Don't and and they force the player not to move. And so I just think it creates a lot of speculation. I get why they're doing some of it, but I, I just. Yeah, I would prefer that, you know, unless you know for a fact that there's a neck injury, to at least alert the people around, right? Alert the – you always got a sideline reporter. Let right. them get the, – the guys on television are speculating. I mean, football is a physical sport. This is a part of it. But it's better, I think, to get some information out there than to get none. To say, look, he's breathing, he's moving, but it's precautionary. Because then the TV announcer can say that, and they can start talking about other things. Then the coaching staff can relay that to, you know, right. his teammates. So that everybody isn't on edge for twenty. We're for twenty minutes. We're on edge. Yeah. And then he runs back on the field. Right. So yeah, I, look, I, I understand it. I just don't agree with it. I think there's a better way. What he used to do, he used to keep everything on. Yeah. Tighten the helmet down. Keep the chin strap on. Secure the helmet, and then take him away quickly. So now, even when you take him away quickly, it, it gives you less room for speculation, and then they can get a message out. So. I you know I know part of it is to protect the universities to protect the kid, but I just would love if we've got information out sooner rather than later. Yeah, and um, I mean, do you think? Uh, I mean, this this whole uh, uh, concussion protocol and 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 all these things. Do you think they're a little overboard? Yes and no. I guess I'm kind of on a fence, right? Yeah. Okay. I get the fact that we have to protect the brain for the people, for the kids who are playing for future years. Sure. But but let me say this: ninety nine percent of the football players I know are just fine. Yeah, they're just fine. But there is a small percentage. There are some guys, I and mean, we even one of my teammates committed suicide. Um, so we don't know if if you know there was some issue there with his brain. Right. But we also don't know if there's a, disp- a predisposition to any of these things too. Just because you play football doesn't mean that there's not something in your genetics that leads down the path yeah. of depression or Alzheimer's or any of the things that they're seeing. Sure. I think we need comprehend real comprehensive study for 10 or so years so we know exactly what we're dealing with. I mean, because even in the movie Concussion, mm-hmm. the one doctor that was adamant about his finding and how it was affecting the brain, his partner felt completely the other way. Yeah. They didn't show that in the movie, though, but if, if you do some research about it. So uh, soccer has a higher rate of concussion. Lacrosse has a higher rate of concussion. Most women's sports have a higher rate of concussion. Sure. But football is where the money's at. So so I, I'm all for protecting players. I think we should try to find another way 
to to teach them how to tackle without their head being in it. But but I just I always hate the knee jerk reaction. I wish we would take a common sense approach to dealing with every issue and not have this reaction that I think sometimes is a little off base. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you're right about uh, these other problems that they may have later in life. You don't know. Listen, you don't know. Look at think about fighters for a second, boxers. Yeah. So we do. We they call it punch drunk. Or my dad used to call it punch drunk. There, yeah. There have been some boxers that they've taken so much that yeah, their speech is slurred. So that, there's obviously something to it. But we're still boxing. Yeah. We're still doing MMA with even lighter gloves. It's just I I think that because everybody is different. I've seen guys take a beating in a ring or a football field, take a big hit and get up like nothing's wrong. Yeah. Then we've seen guys take hits that don't even seem that bad and they're out or the fighter that barely gets clipped on a chin and they're out. That's we call that a glass jaw. Yeah. So everybody's different. And we just, we keep putting everybody, you know, we keep using a cookie cutter to approach all these different deals. And I, I don't think it's the best approach. All right. Uh, Mark, what's up? Hi, Stan. Hey, Mark. Well, uh, going back to play calling, um, I always wondered how can it be that, you know, you run a play and it just works so beautifully to where, you know, the uh, opposition team just looks so thoroughly unprepared. You know, like when the amount of hours that go into, like, you know, practice and film, you know, like how can it be that, like, you know, you you run a play and it just – like magic happens like <laughs> like how does that happen in like college and pro sports to where you know one team is gets so blown off the ball you know consistently when you just have all this that goes into it like i just can't even fathom that in high school we did like a lot of prep and film work but it'd always be that one time where you know you just got well you, you struck out <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I, absolutely. It's a great question. I, I'll give you a few reasons why that happens. The first is a very simple one. I think Mike Tyson gave the best explanation for this. Okay. All right. Everybody has a plan so they get hit in the face. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so from a football perspective, Coach Bruce always talks about the most physical team wins. So, yeah, I mean, you might have a great plan from a coaching staff, but if that team is more physical, if that offensive line is moving your guys – and they make it easy all of a sudden, it changes everything. It changes the game for you, even for your secondary. Now I've got to go down in there and tackle Mike Weber. I don't want to tackle Mike Weber today. If I'm a <laughs> so it's the physical <laughs> element that I think is the first thing. Number two is your athletes versus theirs. Like, it doesn't matter sometimes. I think we've all seen it where, you know, this is a DB. He's in perfect position. He's 10 yards off the ball. He flips his hips on time. But he starts to run, and that guy running by him just blows by him. Right. He's just not fast enough. Sometimes your guys just aren't good enough. The superior athlete. And then the, the third right. element, I think, is is exactly the counter to what you said. Like, everybody is studying tape. And so you can watch tape. We used to break down everything you can imagine, and we break down tendencies. What do they run on first down? What is the defense they're going to run right. on first down? Okay. What do they run on second down? What do they run on third down? Then what do they run on third and short, third and medium, third and long? What do they run in the red zone? So we knew that. We knew what we were going to see. And all, and we knew the plays that we run. So then coach would come in and say, well, we've got a new wrinkle this week, right? One of our tendency breakers. They know we run on third down in the red zone. So here's a new tendency. Here's a new wrinkle that they haven't seen. And sometimes you can over-prepare, and the team sees a formation, expects a certain play, you do something else, and boom, you have success. So it, it, that's why 
football is the greatest game. It is a game of chess. It's a war game, so to speak, because we're always trying to gain territory. Right. But it's the cat and mouse between the coaches of making sure that they've got new or better plays. It's easy if you have better athletes. It's easier if you're more physical. But when everything is balanced, you got to have a good coach to get you in a right or a new play. That's something they didn't anticipate. All right. Uh, all right, Mark. All right, makes sense. Thank you. All right. Uh, Mac, what's happening? Hi, uh, Corey. Hi, uh, Stan. It's uh, really nice to talk to you. Uh, Stan, I've noticed uh, here a few times, uh, one when we played Virginia Tech at, over at the Horseshoe and when we played Wisconsin up there, that these positional coaches, to me, seem like they can't solve the problem on the sidelines or or at uh, or even at the half. Uh, during Wisconsin, JT was running for his life. I don't know how many times, and I don't see why they just didn't put in an extra tight end or put in a running back to help. Uh, take some of the pressure off him because their four men were beating our five men a lot. And I'm going to hang up and uh, listen uh, to your answer. Thanks. All right. You know, you make a great point. I think there are times where we're slow to adjust, but I think there's been times this year we've adjusted perfectly, especially on the defensive end, Mm -hmm. within possession, from possession to possession. But part of it is what your philosophy is. Like, if you think you guys just had a bad half, you're not going to abandon what you do. You're not going to throw out the whole playbook and, and add a new wrinkle or two in, that we drew in the dirt because we had a bad half. I think that right. we've got a bunch of four- and five-star guys, and they're going to figure it out. Because what happens is if I decide to keep a tight end in blocking, if I decide to add a running back in blocking, that's a one fewer guy I have running a route. Yeah. And so it does change what we do, and I think it's tough to kind of make holistic change. So we did make some changes from Penn State to Northwestern and how we blocked up front. Some of that stuff helped us. Some of it, not so much. So so I think that's a part of it. Coaches feel like, look, we just had a bad half. We didn't execute. Our, our players are good enough, and we can run our stuff. Because at the end of the day, it is about execution. Every play that I've ever been around has been designed to be successful. Yeah, Most of them are designed to score. Right. If blocked appropriately, if, if executed. So, so it's not always the play. Sometimes it is the players. And it's tough sometimes to put that on coaches, especially when you have the youngest team in America. Yeah. Because the younger they are, even though they might be playing at a high level, sometimes it might be hard to add a new wrinkle just drawing it up in the dirt. Right. Because they're just not ready for that. And you want things to be simple so they could just play and react. And it's those old season teams. And in the NFL, when you have a guy that's played 10 years, you could just you could just draw it up in the dirt. Right. And and it's, and they'll figure it out. Our little dry erase board is what they had today, mm-hmm. right? And and those players that have been around longer can figure that out sooner. All right. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, take some more of your calls. Talk Ohio State football. It's uh, 349 News Radio 610 WTVN. Talking a little football with Stan Jackson, as we usually do every Monday. And Keith, hi. Hey, uh, hey Corb. Uh, hey. Stanley, hey, I just got a quick comment and then a question. All right. The comment would be uh, Stanley uh, – and I think you're the next uh, Buckeye to be on the national stage along with Cartel, August, and Herbst. You really did a great job, man. I appreciate and that. My, Thank you. And my question would be, uh, is you think there's any chance this will be the year maybe uh, they let a, Mich- a one-loss Michigan team back in that Final Four? I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, it's a great question. That's the things we've been discussing. Yeah. I, I think there is a chance. Now, a lot has to happen, though. So you, you have to have a few things that have to occur. So you have to have possibly Washington lose – and not represent the uh, the Pac-12. 
So then you've got a two-loss Pac-12 champion game, championship team that's not ranked very high. The Big 12 is already out of it. Right. So think if that were to happen, and then Michigan loses by three in the shoe. Okay. Ohio State goes on to win, so they get in. So then potentially you've got Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and then if Washington didn't play for the Pac-12, so they're not Pac-12 champion, mm-hmm. you got Michigan who's not Pac-12 champion, you're not going to take USC or Utah, whoever else comes out of that. You know, then then you got a shot. The question is maybe Oklahoma wins, and so I think you take Michigan over Oklahoma. So it'd really be good, though, if Clemson then gets knocked out. Right. So they don't play for the championship or they lose the championship. That That's what would get it done. If Clemson, Washington, those two teams lose their conference championship games right? because the team that they're losing to is like Duke or North Carolina or right. USC – that that would put a one loss Michigan in, okay. and you know at one point we thought maybe one loss Michigan or Ohio State, but now that we lost to Penn State, we have to win. We've got to go to the Big Ten championship game. We've got to be Big Ten champs because at this point, if we're not, it's because we lost two games, mm-hmm. and that puts us out of it. So yeah, I think there's a scenario for that to happen. It would have to be that one of the teams is ranked in the top ten now who would win that conference, uh, would lose the conference championship game, and then one loss Michigan's in. All right. Uh, Stan, good to see you. Thanks for coming in, brother. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm going to keep listening. I want to hear right. what the folks what the folks have to say about this election. This is important, John. Yeah, and if you're running for uh, office, any kind of office, and uh, you want to plug your candidacy, uh, we always do that. Uh, been doing that for years, the day before the election. Hop on an available line. Do it right now, and we'll get you right on. 821-WTVN, 1-800-610-WTVN. It is seven minutes after 4 o'clock at 610 WTVN, John Corby with Joe Bradley, and it is the Big Monday Show. And uh, coming up at 6 now, Buckeye Rewind, talk Big Ten football, top 25 and more. Uh, brought to you by Byers Auto, 8 locations, 16 franchises, buyersauto.com. And apparently Hillary Clinton will not light up the sky if she wins the presidency. Her campaign's called off a planned fireworks show, according to TMZ. The uh, Clinton campaign had contacted the Coast Guard for permission to uh, do a minute-long fireworks display over the Hudson River when the election results went final. The fireworks would be visible from the Jacob Javits Center, where she's holding her election night party. But the Coast Guard told TMZ Clinton's camp reached out uh, Thursday, two days after her fireworks plan was uncovered, to say it wouldn't be shooting off the 10-inch aerial shells after all. And the Coast Guard said the campaign offered no explanation about the about face. And uh, uh, the campaign said nothing about it either. So uh, no fireworks in New York, it uh, was planned if he uh, won the election. So that's off. Uh, what we do the day before the election is just allow you, if you're running for uh, public office, to call in and you know take a few minutes and explain why you should be uh, you should be elected tomorrow. Tomorrow is election day, and uh, we'll get to that coming up. Your phone calls. Yeah, the number's to call, 821, that's with a 614, by the way, 614-821-WTVN or uh, 1-800-610-WTVN. If you're running for office and uh, want to plug your 
plug yourself. Uh, that's what we're doing today. And um, Ellery Elick is running for Pickaway uh, County Treasurer. Ellery, uh, welcome to the program. You're first up. Well, thanks, John, and uh, thanks for 610 TVN for letting us be on here today. Not a problem. Well, I'm here to tell the voters that uh, reasons why they should reelect me as county treasurer. Um, I've been the treasurer here since 2003. Um, unfortunately, my opponent has been campaigning with some false and misleading claims. But I'm here to tell you that I'm the only candidate who has the experience to operate the treasurer's office. I've been certified in investing county dollars that maximize our earnings uh, interest. Uh, I've worked on reducing our overall tax delinquency by almost 47% over the last four years. Okay. I've uh, worked on earning the uh, county general fund hundreds of thousands of dollars in investment income. And uh, I have a strong record of community involvement and a proven record of managing the treasurer's office, uh, I think, with honor and integrity. And so uh, I asked the voters of Pickaway County to uh, keep uh, me as county treasurer on November the 8th and keep experience in the Pickaway County Treasurer's Office. So vote Ellery Elick. All right. Ellery, and thank uh, you. Th- thank you. And um, uh, Ted Berry, Franklin County Treasurer candidate. Uh, Ted, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. No problem. Why should people vote for you for Franklin County Treasurer? Well, I've got over 20 years of experience in public finance and um, having served on Grove City Council for 12 years as president of council for eight. Um, I've been, uh, um, during that uh, 20-year period, also sat uh, as the budget analyst and worked in the state senate. So I've got not only private and public experience, I, everybody laughs, but my greatest attribute is I'm not a convicted felon, as my opponent is. So, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, that's one in know, your favor, yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> that one is in my favor. I am running against a three-time convicted felon, and she has three bankruptcies. And I found out just uh, last week that she is being evicted from her apartment via mm. um, uh, court order. So, um not a wonderful past or anything like that, but um, I'm running on my record, and I hope people see through some of the uh, um, straight down ticket voting and actually pay attention to who they're voting for. And I always say there's 2.1 billion reasons to support me. All right. Uh, Ted Barry, Franklin County Treasurer. And he makes a point. He's not a convicted felon. Ed. That's where we're at. Uh, Laura Lanise, uh, Ohio House 23rd District. Laura. Thanks for calling. Tell, talk. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. To the people. Thank you. This, this is a great opportunity for us. I really appreciate you guys doing this. But I am running for the 23rd House District, which includes Grove City, Galloway, West Side of Columbus, part, little bits of Hilliard. And I'm running in part because I'm trying to take what I've done at the local level, which is on Grove City City Council. I heard you just had Ted Berry on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I serve with Ted. And I've been on council. This is my third year. And while on council, my biggest issues have been transparency in government. And our council meetings are now 
live streamed and recorded. So if anyone wants to find out what we're doing, they're able to. It's a great way to go back and see what was said on certain issues and to do some research. Yeah. But I'm also um, the Republican in the race, and I'm a fiscal conservative. I have been an attorney with the Justice Department in the U.S. District Court, and I served in the Air Guard and the Army Reserve. So I'm pretty committed to public service. And I've been the first candidate ever endorsed by the Ohio voters for companion animals. I've been working to try to prevent the sale of puppy mill puppies in retail outlets. And there's a bill pending right now at the state house on this issue, trying to overturn what we did in Grove City. Okay. So I'm hoping to get um, that message out so that people will know to contact their local legislators to to comment on that. We heard some pretty horrific testimony while we were dealing with that issue at the local level. So I think based on my um, legislative experience, my experience as an attorney having to deal with the um, codes and regulations, as well as the court cases um, at the federal level, um, makes me a great candidate at the state level. All right. Laura Lanise uh, running for the 23rd District Ohio House of Representatives. And uh, if you're running for office and want to plug away, 821-WTVN, 1-800-610-WTVN, uh, an unidentified male uh, yesterday, potentially violated Ohio election law by uh, standing outside a polling station, uh, touting an appearance by Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton and NBA star LeBron James. Uh, it's clear that this is an extremely questionable, if not illegal, behavior, said a spokesman for Secretary of State John Husted in a video taken of the incident by a Fox News channel. Uh, Houston told Fox last week that his office would investigate any allegation of fraud or tampering that's brought to his uh, uh, attention. And, uh, you know, Donald Trump has been warning of election rigging on a regular basis. And uh, James appeared uh, with Clinton at a rally in Cleveland. And uh, Fox News first spotted the unidentified male Sunday making contact with dozens of people in the voting line handing out instructions about how to RSVP for the event at the nearby Cleveland Public Auditorium several hours later. And the uh, bottom of the flyer stated, printed in-house, paid for by the Ohio Democratic Party. And uh, multiple signs posted outside the polling place state, a attention, uh, person, no, no person shall loiter, congregate, or engage in any campaigning within 10 feet of any elector, in line to vote. Uh, well, that's right on them, I would say. Well, if handing a piece of paper to them. Yeah, you're closer than 10 feet. Uh-huh. A review of the code shows that violating this law can result in either being sued or put in jail for 30 days. Neither of which will happen. No. The uh, man handing out the invitations within the 10-foot boundary declined to give his name and say whether he was working for the campaign. You're not cute enough to get my name, he said, Hillary and LeBron, after uh, you're done voting. And uh, Secretary Eustace's office contacted Cuyahoga County Board of Elections about the incident. The uh, office spokesman said uh, officials are walking up and down the line to preserve the 10-foot barrier that voters are guaranteed by Ohio law. Uh, however, a board spokesperson declined to review the video or follow up to see whether the incident was in violation, we're doing our best, uh, the best we can to enforce the law. When our staff sees people getting too close, they correct their behavior. And uh, so, yeah, that was in uh, that was in Cleveland, and they, you know, they did have the uh, the 
Clinton rally and LeBron James did show up. So I guess this was making people aware of the fact that um, uh, that was coming up. But, uh, you know, outside a polling station, uh, you're not allowed you're not allowed to do that and uh, basically never have been. And uh, so they're going to keep an eye on that. And uh, federal appeals court on Sunday also granted a request by Donald Trump's presidential campaign to block a Cleveland federal judge's restraining order. Democrats said was needed to prevent voter intimidation in Ohio. A three-judge panel of the Cincinnati Bay 6 6th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ordered an emergency stay, saying the Ohio Democratic Party didn't show a likelihood of success on the merits of its case. And uh, so, you know, we're into the courts again. That's just just where we need to be is into the courts. And, uh, you know, that's, that's not the only case either, by the way, uh, nationwide. And uh, it seems like we always, I don't know when this started, but uh, this whole court thing before elections is a little troubling, at least to me. So if you're running for office and you want to plug your campaign, the numbers to call, we'll get you right on 614-821-WTVN or 1-800-610-WTVN. And we're talking election tomorrow. If you're a candidate for office. And you want to plug your campaign? This is what we're doing today until six o'clock, and we'll get right to those phone calls coming up. News Radio six ten WTVN. Well, the election's tomorrow, and if you're running for office, want to plug away? A two one WTVN one eight hundred six ten WTVN. Let's get right to the phones. And uh, Krista Pennington is running for Franklin County Common Pleas Judge. Krista, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, judge is one of those things that, uh, you know, a lot of times people go into the voting booth and they don't have uh, a clue uh, who to vote for. So uh, why don't you uh, inform people why they should vote for you? Thank you. Well, my name is Krista Pennington, and I am running for Franklin County Court of Commons, please. The general division, which handles all felony cases, adult felony cases, and any civil matter where the amount in dispute is over $15,000. I've been practicing here in Franklin County for 12 years, representing defendants in the Court of Common Pleas. I have an undergraduate degree from The Ohio State University College of Dentistry, where I practiced dental hygiene for eight years prior to going to law school at Capital University Law School. I'm the managing partner in my law firm, Cooper & Pennington, and I believe I have the necessary um, experience, the administrative experience to run a courtroom, to run staff, as well as the experience through my trial work I've done. Um, And I'd like people to know that I am available, I'm accessible, I would have an open-door policy, and I possess the necessary respect for my profession as well as the colleagues of this profession and the community. And uh, therefore, I believe I would have an appropriate judicial temperament necessary to handle cases here in Franklin County. And I'd like everyone to know that it is Krista clear to vote Pennington for judge. <laughs> All right, Krista. Thank you so much. Uh, Krista Pennington running for Franklin County uh, judge and Terry Boyd's running for Franklin County commissioner. Terry, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling. Good afternoon and thank you for having me. I'm excited about this election season and um, it's one day to go. Uh, thank goodness. And uh, the voters will uh, have uh, their voice heard loud and clear. Yes, indeed. Tomorrow is the day. And um, so tell people why they should vote for you for commissioner. 
Well, um, actually, uh, you know, God has prepared me for a time such as this. Uh, I have the experience. I have the education. Uh, I have the background uh, to uh, be the best choice um, with a new voice uh, for this position. Uh, I'm not a career politician. I'm a public servant. Uh, I've earned two of my four degrees from The Ohio State University. Uh, I have a, a MBA uh, and a doctorate in uh, social work. Okay. Uh, I've, I've been on the uh, boards and uh, several boards and was president of the board of the Metropolitan Library, president of the board of uh, Columbus Public Schools at one time. I was vice president of the Adam Board. Uh, I served on the Franklin County Children's Services Board. I worked for child welfare. I've worked for mental health. I've been working for 20 years at Franklin University as a professor in the College of Business. With two of those years, the last two years as the chair and faculty member of the um, entrepreneurship program. Okay. And so I know how to start businesses, get businesses started and sustain them. And one of my platform uh, uh, expectations is to create a center of entrepreneurship and opportunity where I will help create an economic development process from the grassroots up. I know how to generate jobs, and I think outside the box as far as using business techniques to leverage our public dollars. I believe in public partner-private ships and partnerships, and with that, I intend to build an infrastructure that will connect all 38 city, towns, and villages that are located in Frankston County. And finally, I know the most important job of a county commissioner is to provide for the health and the safety of every citizen in Franklin County, and I intend to do just that, and do it with integrity, honesty, and boldness. I will renew the citizens' faith and trust in their county government. All right. Terry Boyd, uh, Franklin County Commissioner candidate. And let's go to Fairfield County uh, Commissioner and uh, Dave Levasi. Did I pronounce that right, Dave, or did I butcher well, that? Well, you, you, you were close. It's actually Levasi. Levasi, okay. Uh, All right. You're forgiven. Well, I, I appreciate you uh, not you know jumping down my throat over that one. But you're running for Fairfield County Commissioner. Why should people vote for you tomorrow? Well, I, I'm actually running for re-election. It's uh, okay. uh, serving my first term. I have uh, dedicated my, uh, myself as a member of the military. As a husband, a father, a paramedic, a fire chief in Walnut Township, uh, I'm a business owner. I, I own a, a business on the Buckeye Lake. Okay. Uh, been, I've been there for 46 years and obviously gone through the many challenges throughout the years that we've experienced, and especially now. And so I'm, I'm quite capable of uh, addressing those challenges, and I, I bring that experience to uh, county government. All right, uh, Dave, good luck tomorrow for uh, Fairfield County uh, Commissioner, 610 WTV. And uh, one of you people sent uh, along a, a video clip. It's now posted at 610WTVN.com. And it's what it is, it's a guy singing the national anthem and painting. And he does a really good job singing the national anthem while he's painting and uh watch it till the end because if you're like me you're watching it and watching him paint couldn't figure out what he was painting and you find out in the end and it's um 
it's really really quite a quite an accomplishment for him uh we're talking about tomorrow's election and if you're running for office and want to get a plug in for yourself that's what we're doing today till six o'clock eight two one wtvn one eight hundred six ten wtvn and andrew brenner running for state representative uh what uh which one uh andrew oh i'm uh Thank you, uh, John, and happy birthday. Thank I'm running you. for the uh, 67th Ohio House District up here in Delaware County. Okay. Talk about your and, uh, uh, yourself a little bit and why people should vote for you. Well, I'm uh, currently uh, serving as state representative and running for my fourth uh, term in the Ohio House and due to term limits, it'll be uh, my last term. I am uh, voted for tax cuts. I've defended the Second Amendment. I'm pro-life. I'm involved in education policy where I uh, fought to eliminate the park tests and cut the number of standardized tests. I've been working on school funding reform, and I'm working on a bill that would transform the school funding system in Ohio away from the reliance on property taxes to income taxes. Okay. I'm, uh, for, school, I'm for school choice, and I've uh, also supported charter school reform because I believe we need good uh, charter schools. And... Um, I'm currently also a licensed insurance agent. I have a bachelor's degree in business from Ohio State. I'm endorsed by the Delaware County Republican Party, the Ohio Chamber, NFIB, NRA, Farm Bureau, and Ohio Right to Life. And uh, my wife and I live in Powell, and I would appreciate uh, the voters of uh, Delaware County to vote for me uh, tomorrow. All right, Andrew Brenner running for state representative. And a lot of Ohio State grads out here. Uh, John Ballmeister, uh, 12th District uh, House of Representative candidate. Uh, John, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Sure. I am, um, I'm a Republican write-in candidate running for the U.S. House of Representatives, 12th District. That's okay. everything from Mansfield down to Dublin, across Worthington, New Albany, all the way out to uh, Zanesville. It's a pretty big district. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm working towards trying to make the government work again for the people trying to get things to get solved stop the conflicts between both the republicans and the democrats trying to get things solved you know bipartisan a lot of people are tired of the bickering going on in washington dc as am i um and so i just want to get problems solved and i'm willing to address the problems that the others aren't willing to my biggest um difference between me and the people who i'm running against is i i don't care about the number one goal that seems to happen once you get into Washington, which is getting reelected. Right. I'm more interested in solving the problems face, facing the people. And if I can get the problem solved and I don't get reelected, I'd be okay with that. But I think if I work hard and I get the problem solved that people see want to be solved, then reelection shouldn't be the issue that I'm worried about. All right. John uh, Ballmeister, uh, 12th District. Uh, write-in candidate for a 12th uh, District U.S. Congress. 610 WTVN. Well, tomorrow's finally the election. And uh, we've been talking to candidates, people running for office. And if you're running for office, feel free to call in. Uh, and we'll continue that right after the news. News Radio, 610 WTVN. It is seven minutes after five o'clock. At 610 WTVN, John Corby with Joe Bradley. And this is the third and final hour of the big pre-election day show. And uh, this day in history has something uh, election-related. 1916, Republican Jeanette 
Rankin of Montana became the first woman elected to Congress, winning a seat in the House. Um, 1962, Republican Richard Nixon, having lost California's race for governor, held uh, what he called his last press conference, told reporters famously, you won't have Nixon to kick kick around around anymore. anymore. I remember it. Yep. (laughs) Learning about it. Yep. And, of course, that was a little bit premature. Uh, 1991, uh, basketball star Magic Johnson announced he'd tested positive for the AIDS virus and was retiring. And he, uh, thankfully, is still doing well. And uh, 1996, the U.S. liquor industry voted to drop its decades-old voluntary ban on broadcast advertising. Thank goodness. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was, I, I didn't realize it was voluntary, but it was, and they decided enough is enough. We've been talking to uh, candidates for office, and if you're a candidate for office, we've got another hour to go here. Uh, if you want to plug uh, plug away, 821-WTVN, 1-800-610-WTVN. And Lauren Dolan is running for uh, Common Pleas Judge here in Franklin County. Uh, Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, John. Yeah, well, talk about uh, talk about you and why should people vote for you tomorrow. Okay, thank you so much. And Lauren Dolan running for Common Pleas Judge. I was, uh, well, I've been an attorney 10 years. The first okay. seven years I was a prosecutor. So I did, and most of that time was in the Special Victims Unit. So I did crimes against children and women, sexual assault cases, domestic violence when it's bad enough to be a felony, which is pretty bad. Yeah. And uh, the ugliest things you've seen in Franklin County, like, uh, the, uh, you know, murder of little babies, um, child pornography. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I have seen the worst of the worst cases that come through Franklin County. Yeah. And it gives you a lot of perspective. So you know what's serious and you know what's not. And you're able to recognize when people need help and also when the community needs protected. I do civil litigation now. It makes me a better lawyer. Frankly, it'll make me a better judge. Okay. But I so that I can bring both of that to the bench, but both sides, but I miss public service. I'm looking forward to getting back into it. And I ask your audience to please vote for me. Remember, Roland with Dolan, Lauren <laughs> Dolan for Common Pleas Judge. All right, uh, Lauren Dolan, thank you so much for being involved. Right now, it's traffic. Letting the candidates speak today. We've done this for several years, day before the election. And it's kind of fun. And uh, Jan Shannon is running for Pickaway County Treasurer. Uh, Jan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate it. No problem. Well, I am running for Pickaway County Treasurer. Um, while I was on the campaign trail, I found out that many of the voters weren't aware of what had been happening in our county. So I decided it was time to make a change. I'm running against an incumbent that has been in uh, office for 12 years, um, and I've decided that it is time for that change. What I want to do is develop safeguards and put into place internal controls to ensure that payments being received by the treasurer's office are accredited in full to the appropriate accounts in a timely manner. This is very important for our county because we have had a theft in the treasurer's office by an employee. 
she not only stole once, but she stole twice. The first time she stole money, the treasurer let her pay it back and keep her cash drawer, and then she stole again. Um, ultimately, the treasurer was found liable, jointly liable for it, and had to repay $15,000 plus himself. So it's imperative we get these safeguards in place. Okay. I also want to restore integrity because we've had 12 years of audit findings against us in the county, um, and those have been findings by the state auditor for significant deficiencies in cash reconciliation. Basically, our treasurer's books are not balancing against our bank accounts, and that's imperative in a county to, to get those to balance. So that, that's the second thing I want to do. And then I want to ensure that all the taxpayers that were wronged when the theft took place um, have had uh, restitution made to them. During our campaign, we found out that a number of people had not actually had restitution made to them. Okay. And throughout the campaign, we've brought that to people's attention. I do believe that finally, um, here four years later, the treasurer just finished the last restitution a couple of weeks ago. But we want to check the books and make sure that everyone that has you know, been wronged has had that payment made back to them. All right. So those uh, are just some of the things that we want to do in the treasurer's office. Okay. Uh, Jan Shannon, Pickaway County Treasurer uh, candidate. And who's next here? Kimberly Cocroft, running for Franklin County Common Pleas Judge. Uh, Kimberly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here today. My name is Kimberly Cocroft. I'm currently a judge in the Franklin County Court of Common Pleas General Division. The jurisdiction of that court is felony criminal cases, everything that you see on the 11 o'clock news, murder, rape, robbery, kidnapping, and then civil cases for $15,000 or higher. I am born and raised right here in central Ohio in Columbus. I'm a graduate of Bishop Hartley High School, a three-time graduate of The Ohio State University. I've served in this capacity for seven years. I'm seeking my second six-year term. Okay. I have I have a background uh, in private practice as a business and employment litigator. I've also clerked for a state Supreme Court justice, and I'm running because I think that we need people with experience on the bench, people who understand that they have to follow the requirements of the law uh, to ensure that our communities are safe, uh, to ensure that justice is administered fairly and impartially. Um, you need people who have the support of the community. I've been endorsed by more than 20 organizations, which is fantastic because it demonstrates that the people whom your listeners trust, trust me to do this work. Those endorsements include the Columbus Dispatch. I was rated highly recommended by the Judicial Screening Committee on the Columbus Bar Association. I am the preferred candidate by the Columbus Bar in my race. I've been endorsed by labor, by fire, by religious leaders, by educators. But the most important endorsement that I could have is from your listeners. And so I am asking on tomorrow, when you go to the polls, that you do not confirm your vote until you vote for Kimberly Cocroft. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with your listeners tonight. All right, Kimberly, thank you so much for uh, for calling in. And uh, another judicial candidate in uh, Franklin County, Stephanie Hanna. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Talk about your, your candidacy. Why should people vote yeah. for you? Absolutely. So in my race, um, I am the candidate that brings relevant experience. Um, I've served as a prosecutor. I've also served as a defense attorney. So I come with criminal experience, both on the prosecutor side and the defense side. And then I've also worked in a law firm. Um, more importantly, though, I think I have served for two judges in Franklin County um, Common Police Court, where I'm seeking a seat. And so I've managed dockets. I've been in that courthouse every single day, interacted with litigants and the public. Um, and I've also served as a magistrate. Um, so I bring all that experience 
coupled with um, my love for our community. I serve on the board of the YWCA of Columbus and the Children's Hunger Alliance, and I think I bring a unique perspective um, and a hardworking uh, approach, and I uh, look forward to uh, serving our community um, in this capacity. All right, Stephanie Hanna, uh, Judge, Franklin County Common Pleas, and John Rush is running for state rep in the 17th District. Uh, John, what would encompass the 17th District? Where are you located? Yeah, the 17th District includes uh, Marble Cliff on the north side and then uh, on the west side, Westgate, West Lamar area, okay. uh, Hilltop Community, West Franklinton, southwest side where the old Cooper Stadium is, and then south of Reeb all the way down Parsonson High close to Hamilton Township. Okay, talk, talk about uh, your campaign and why you should be uh, elected tomorrow. Yeah, thank you, and thanks again for the opportunity to share. Um, I'm a Marine Corps veteran and small business owner. Uh, over the last uh, 20 years or so, I've uh, mainly focused my career on building small businesses that hire individuals who are coming out of challenging backgrounds like prior incarceration, substance abuse, human trafficking, and domestic violence. I've been able to employ roughly 2,500 folks over that period of time. And uh, so I get the social issues, I get the business issues, and I want to blend the two together. I often call myself a social entrepreneur. And uh, if I could run as a Republic crad, I would, um, And uh, because I feel like I get the best of both sides uh, and understand the deficiencies of both sides. And so uh, I'm looking forward to taking my experience uh, to the State House and uh, shaking things up a little bit. All right, uh, John Rush, uh, 17th District, running for state rep. Uh, John Russell, uh, 68th District uh, House seat. And, uh, John, welcome, and uh, talk about uh, why they should vote for you tomorrow. Well, hi, everybody. How are we doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. I can't complain. I'm out knocking on doors right now in okay. the 68th District. It's uh, eastern Delaware County and all of Knox County. I myself am a farmer from Galena, mm. and yes, sir, and I care about our chances to earn and save up money. I uh, have a couple ideas everybody can get to work on, like uh, better skilled trade education, so we're filling jobs that are open right now and paying pretty well, putting folks to work on infrastructure projects so we get something out of it and everybody gets a decent wage. And uh, the other thing is you never really hear from your state reps. And I have tried to change that. I've been to 15,000 doors. I've worn out a set of shoes and uh, wow. even lost a little bit of weight. Well, I guess that's a loss for the shoes. And uh, thumbs up on the weight. 610 WTVN. And we'll continue talking to candidates for office tomorrow. Final half hour of the show coming up. News Radio 610 WTVN. Now, final half hour, the home stretch of the big Monday show. We've got... Uh, Buckeye Rewind uh, coming up tonight from 6 until 8 o'clock. And uh, we've been talking to candidates today. That's what we uh, reserve this day for, a day before the election. And Lisa Shaft is uh, running for state rep in the 20th District. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure being um, on, and I uh, um, appreciate the opportunity. Uh, yes, the name is Lisa Schacht. I'm part of Schacht Family Farm and Farm Market on the east side of uh, Franklin County. I want to represent uh, House District 20 as um, a business operator. I feel that I bring uh, the qualities of common sense and practicality to the role of legislator. 
I've lived in this district for over 30 years, grew the business up from the ground, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a, an employer, uh, responsive to my customers and their uh, preferences. I know what it's like to deal with government regulation and how that can be stifling or challenging for business operators. And I've been able to sustain my business through good times and bads. And so I think that that, that uh, prepared me well to speak up for my community and, and try to serve the community with uh, developing good policy um, for the needs of the community. Um, I, I really do want to support the district at the State House to foster and uh, facilitate economic development and repurposing to improve our infrastructure and to see programs that support work, workforce development. I will work hard to protect the residents of the district in Ohio from excessive government, whether it be regulatory, taxation, or frivolous policy. I've raised my children here. I, I feel that um, this community deserves to have a strong voice, and I intend to be that strong voice. All right. Uh, Lisa Shaft running for uh, representative. And uh, we do have some uh, school levies on the ballot. And John uh, Marshausen is superintendent in Hilliard where uh, they're making a request. John, welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Yes, issue 58 is on the ballot tomorrow. And we're proud to bring issue 58 to our voters where we have a pretty simple message. It's the we haven't been on the ballot since 2011. And if this is successful, we don't plan to be back on the ballot till 2020. So in Hilliard, we have the opportunity to be on the ballot one time in nine years. It's the lowest request we've had in over 30 years okay. with a four, 4.5 mil operating and a 0.3 mil bond issue. And during that nine-year period we're looking at, we'll have grown over 2,000 students. So smallest we've asked for in 30 years, one levy in nine years at a time where we're growing like crazy. All right. And uh, Hilliard's uh, issue 58, he said. Uh Brian Stewart, Pickaway County uh, Commish. And, uh, P- Brian, welcome to the show and uh, talk about your, yourself and why people should vote for you tomorrow. Well, thank you very much, John. I really appreciate it. Uh, I am the Republican candidate running for re-election as Pickaway County Commissioner. And, uh, yeah, I'm a small business owner in Circleville. I'm an infantry veteran of the Iraq War. And, you know, what I'm really proud of is that, you know, we've kept the promises I made four years ago when I called into your show uh, and was running for this job. Yeah. Um, we passed a balanced budget every year with no deficit spending. Uh, we've doubled the county's rainy day fund, and we've seen our local unemployment rate get cut in half in four years from over 9% the day I took office uh, to 4% today. Uh, so we're really proud of that. Uh, we've helped to bring over 400 new jobs to the county, including uh, Sofidel, which is an Italian manufacturer, which is bringing 300 new jobs to Circleville. Now, it's not very often that you hear about a foreign company bringing manufacturing jobs to America. Right. Uh, but that's what we're doing in Pickway County, and uh, and we're proud of that. It's good for our residents. And so, uh, sir, I really appreciate the time, as always, and uh, I would greatly appreciate a vote from all the uh, Pickway County residents for uh, Brian Stewart, the Republican candidate for county commissioner. All right, Brian. And uh, Tim Schaefer, uh, State Rep, 77th District. Tim, welcome. Yeah, thank you, John, and thanks uh, to you and WTVN for making the service available. Um, I'm honored to ask for uh, Fairfield County's vote tomorrow for this. Ohio House representatives to continue working on the drug epidemic that is just tearing our families and tearing our our communities apart, and to also continue my anti-corruption legislative initiatives. Uh, That's very, very important, and um, I am endorsed by the NRA and Buckeye Farms, both with an A rating, which I'm very proud of, as well as Ohio Right to Life and Ohio Chamber of Commerce and NFIB Ohio. 
and I uh, want to continue the conservative agenda for Fairfield County, and uh, we need a strong voice from Fairfield County. We've had some real challenges in the last year, and I hope to continue to do that. All right. Uh, Tim Schaefer uh, running for the Ohio House, and uh, uh, Doug Kroll, uh, Porter Township trustee. And, Doug, welcome. Well, I'm not a trustee. I'm running for the Ohio House. Oh, but okay. thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, and happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, I'm a fifth-generation lifelong resident of the district. That's District 68. That's the eastern portion, Delaware County and all of Knox County. I'm 60 uh, years of age. I'm father of five, grandfather to six. I'm a constitutional conservative, and I'm running to give the residents of the 68th district the opportunity to vote for rural representation without the baggage of either political party. If people want to know more, they can visit my Facebook page. That's Crow, C-R-O-W-L, Ohio 68. Uh, I am a write-in candidate. And thank you, John, for this opportunity. All right, Doug, thank you. And uh, Jim Hughes running for state senate. Jim, welcome. Thank you, John. Uh, Good afternoon. Uh, Yes, I'm running for the 24th House District uh, to continue my legislative agenda. Some of the things that I've done while I've been focused on jobs, economic development, and safety. Well, a couple of the bills, I think some of you that are laws that your listeners be aware of is the one dealing with distracted driving. Mm-hmm. Remember when we had that terrible um, situation with Dom DeBerry and his daughter? In terms of that, that particular area, my Senate district had four people that died then. So what we did was we created, number one, to bring awareness, and then we've also increased the penalties for those that are distracted driving. In addition, we had a common sense bill uh, dealt with looking at business regulations against jobs. And what we did there is we weighed the regulation versus the impact upon jobs. And if it didn't make sense, we got off the books. And then the, a soft one for you, too, is, you know, people unfortunately sometimes leave their pets as well as children in their cars on hot days. Um, people now can break a window and not have any civil criminal liability if it's in their feeling. They feel that it's a life or death situation to save that life, whether it's a child or whether it's a pet. And I'm proud to say that Jim Hughes is supported by police, fire, labor, teachers, and business. I would ask for people to vote for Jim Hughes for 24th House District. All right, Jim, thank you um, so much. Good luck tomorrow. And we'll take a couple more calls here. And, uh, Rick, you want to talk about the Westerville School Levy? I do, John. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm the co-chair of Issue 59 in Westerville. Yeah. Uh, Issue 59 is a is to make permanent our current school levy, which was approved by voters several years ago. Uh, It was recommended by a citizens committee uh, comprised of parents and senior citizens and uh, business leaders and clergy. It's a zero new tax request of our voters. In fact, uh, since, since the last levy was approved, the tax duplicate has increased. So in, in effect, a yes vote on issue 59 will actually reduce residents' taxes. It also locks in forever $2 million a year in funding from the state of Ohio. Um, it allows for new growth uh, and support for our schools through new construction, new business. The Westerville Chamber has issued an ironclad endorsement of issue 59 uh, because our board is and our superintendent has really done a great job of managing our district since our last tough efforts back in 11 and 12 to approve this, uh, these funds. Um, a couple of examples of that are that they've substantially reduced 
pay to participate fees in our district and student fees. They restored busing. They introduced all-day kindergarten. Our bond ratings have gone up because of our fiscal management, and uh, our board saved our community millions of dollars by forever uh, negotiating our way out of the win-win agreement. So we are very proud of our schools here in Westerville. We're very proud of our community. Things are really on the rise here in Westerville, and we hope everybody will join us in voting yes for Issue 59 in Westerville schools. All right, Rick. That's one of uh, several school levies on the ballot. We've got traffic and weather every 10 minutes. Well, we are flat out of time, and we've got Buckeye Rewind coming up next. Talk about the game that was and the upcoming game with Maryland. Have a nice evening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.